we want to go through and talk about what your business goals are, because there's no point in just making a video just to have one. We really want it to align with your goals and where you're trying to go as a business. So there could be, there's a whole marketing process and a whole sales process. And video can be used in different parts of those processes, depending on where your business is. Hi there. Welcome to OTs Get Paid, the podcast for OT entrepreneurs, where we learn about everything you need to know to move from thinking like a therapist to acting like a CEO and making good money along the way. Are you curious how to continue to be true to your mission of helping others as an OT and get paid what you're worth? Do you want to know the best tips that add zeros to your bank account? Do you wonder how other OTs do it too? I'm your host, Trish Williams, a Canadian, a mom, a not-so-closet choir nerd, and occupational therapist of over 26 years. I spent most of those years loving my profession, but secretly wishing I could get paid a lot more. Did I feel like I had an important job that had great impact on my clients and society? Check. Did I also wish I could feel validation in that work through getting paid enough to feel financial freedom? Check, check. So finally in my 40s, as a single mom who needed to get real with my income, I built two six-figure businesses, including my latest as an OT entrepreneur coach at Trish Williams Consulting. And through this, I heard the secret shame that others felt the same way too. So I'm raising my voice and raising my profile of this issue and probably raising my prices. I'm here to talk about OTs making money. So let's do like Scrooge McDuck and dive into those giant piles of gold coins and get swimming and start this episode. Welcome OT entrepreneurs to the OTs Get Paid podcast, episode 97. Today, we're talking all things video. Do you feel like you should have a video somewhere, somewhere, social media, something, somehow? Do you feel like you kind of know that and then that's it? You don't know where else to go, but I don't know what to do. Listen, I think those of you that are listening feel that you want or know that you need a visual presence for your OT business. And so you think to yourself, TikTok? YouTube. I I mean, I've heard stuff about short form video. I've heard Trish say she's not like totally in love with social media, but like, don't I have a camera on my iPhone? Shouldn't I use this? What is the best way to be using video in your OT business? There are so many options. What should you focus on? Spoiler, our next guests are not huge fans of social media either. Done in moderation, they agree. So we're going to talk to some experts today, one of whom is an OT, and we're going to hear how we can best use video for sales and marketing in our OT businesses. Where do you put it? How do you do it? All of the things. And the good news is, is I have kind of an entry-level experience with this myself, so I get to represent maybe the average listener as we are going ahead. Today, we have Brooke and Stephen Herrera. Brooke 
is the brand strategist and Stephen is the creative director in their business called Be Well Creative. So Brooke is an occupational therapist and she works with her husband, Stephen, who is a youth minister and also has a degree in film and electronic media. Don't think we didn't talk off camera a little bit about my son who just graduated from the Vancouver Film School with a sound design. We spared you that. Um, And Brooke, I'm really interested in also diving into how Brooke uses her OT skills to be uniquely qualified to create content because that's what they do. They create video content for healthcare, wellness, and education businesses. Content creation and marketing strategy is Brooke's thing, and Stevens is the video to highlight the good in your business. So let's welcome them to the podcast today. Hello. Hey, Trish. Hey, Trish. I'm so glad that you are here. You are our second group of two that we've interviewed before as business owners. So I always love this format. And as some of you know, we are new to video ourselves. Hey, that's kind of a great theme. We just started our own YouTube channel, our own TikTok, et cetera, for more eyeballs and more traffic. Um, And so you can also watch this interview with Brooke and Stephen and I. Okay. The first question we ask our guests is, how do you get paid? Meaning, tell us a bit more about what you do and about yourselves. So we create video content for businesses. We started in the video industry by doing wedding films. And now we've transitioned over to the corporate world. And we've combined um, marketing and video to produce video content for healthcare, wellness, and education businesses. Because that's my background and what I'm passionate in. And because I'm doing a lot of the um, connection with the client. It just comes naturally to be working with clients that I have a similar background with, as opposed to like a landscaper or something that I just don't know as much about. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what we do. Yeah. So you combined your zones of genius and came up with this company. Exactly. exactly yeah. yeah. It's taken us a couple of years to get there, but... Mm-hmm. We're going to talk a bit more about that. But first, I want to hear about that fist on the table moment for you. We often talk about that in this podcast, like that, oh, there's got to be a better way. What was it for you two? Quite honestly, for me, what caused me to want to be an entrepreneur and to be working in our own business and alongside Stephen is that it was overwhelming for me to be working 40 hours a week outside of the house and to be... Um, as involved with my kids as I wanted to be and feeling connected with my husband. And I had a pretty long commute. Um, And at the time we were like dabbling with wedding films and doing Mm -hmm. that on the weekend. And we were like, what would it look like for us to make it our Mm -hmm. goal as a couple to have a business together Mm -hmm. and um, to do that, to try to merge what we both have to find a way to make money doing (laughs) something together. You know, I'm so glad that I ask this question of you because often people are like, well, I'm passionate about the service or the product and I wanted to do it better than I'd seen or there was like uh, something that moved them from a clinical or a product place in their OT-ness to put forth a business. And you almost did it opposite of that. You sat down and became quite strategic, which I love hearing, pre-planning a way. Now, again, I think a lot of OTs would say, I want the freedom to have my own business. And you're saying something similar, but I love how it didn't bubble up from this place of like, you know, in my case, like 
they're not doing peds correctly, quote unquote, <laughs> right? I want to do it better. You sat down to become really strategic of how you could partner together. What were those conversations like? I think they started out, I mean, we were just in a place of stress. Like it mm-hmm. started from a place of not being well, not being well in our family and uh, kind of in our marriage. And I think that's why our business has the name Be Well Creative, because mm-hmm. at the heart of it, it's about having an integrated life for us mm-hmm. and for the clients that we work with. Because um, at the same time that I was working full-time, I was also in charge of the social media and the website for the private practice <laughs> that I was working on and still seeing clients full-time. And I just knew I was like, this is way too much. And I was not even the owner. Um so we know the impact that it can have on your well-being when you're completely overwhelmed in your business and in your personal life. Yeah, and I mean, I think for also for and for my side of it, like I was home with the with our kids um, every single day, and Brooke was having this two-hour commute to mm. work, and she and like and she she'd often share of like like I love these kids here, but I also want to spend time with and like more importantly, I want to spend time with my kids, our mm-hmm. kids, um, and I'm. Putting all this energy into this, and like we, we were doing weddings at the time, but it was I'm like trying to to work and take care of our our one year old that that still at, was still at home in us with us at the time, and it was just it was a lot on both on both sides mm-hmm. front. Um, so it was like late late nights um, and early mornings, um, especially for Brooke and just her missing dinners. Um, just yeah. she couldn't get home in time. Yeah. I want to stay on this for a minute because I know so many listeners can relate. Did you find wellness right away once you made this decision? <laughs> I Well, I think initially, yes. It was in the first couple of months, I was like, okay, this was a good decision. And then we, all four of us got COVID um, mm-hmm. at all the same time. Um, myself and our daughters um, had it very mildly, um, but then Brooke uh, ended up getting long COVID, and it was definitely a struggle over the uh, last year. Yeah. So then I was That's... physically sick for a year, and oh, we were Brooke. trying to figure. out, We had like just taken that leap of okay, we're going to do this, we're going to start this business, and then I got really sick, and so it was hard to figure out how we were going to build this business when I was just not well enough physically. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there were challenges for sure. But I feel like now, now that I am physically mm-hmm. better, um, we are hustling right now to kind of mm-hmm. make up for lost time, make up for like the savings we had to go through to live while I was so sick. Um, but I, I feel I feel hopeful. Like I feel mm-hmm. like we're making progress and we're getting there. And it just, the timeline isn't what we wanted it to be, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> we definitely thought we'd be a different place this time. Yeah. Gosh. You know, there's so many themes, right? It's young kids. It's, you know, not being on the timeline that you had planned. It's your own wellness. I mean, I've been pretty transparent that last year in particular was not great for me health-wise. And I'm really glad that you brought this up because I think there's a swirl that everybody can, Mm -hmm. that is familiar with, right? Like drawing down on savings when you don't want to, etc. And actually, as a reminder, that's um, I had forgotten to mention that in the intro is that's how we originally connected, was that you were going to do the video for the OT Entrepreneur Summit. And I remember yes. being so impressed because it was very last minute. It was like, we cannot come because we're sick. And then yet you, you know, managed to still deliver some great 
video that we wanted to use in the middle of the conference, et cetera, with like some B-roll that people had put together. And um, that I remember that quite well. And that's how we initially connected. So um, you are proving that it's like a marathon (laughs) and not a sprint at this point. Um, So let's get into some of the nitty gritty because I know people are also curious as like, okay, well, like how much are they hustling and how much did they make and what are their income and impact goals? So tell us as much of that as you're comfortable because our listeners would be really interested. Sure. So in 2021, which was the year I was still working full-time as an OT for most of that year, we were making 64,000 a year, uh, or that's what we made gross at the end of the year. Yeah, for the business, yeah. Yeah, and then, yeah, that doesn't include my OT income. Mm -hmm. Um, And then we had made that leap for me to leave that job in the fall of 2021, Mm -hmm. but then I was sick that year 2022, but in 2022, we made 95,000 gross. So we definitely still had um, growth, even though it felt like, our lives didn't feel like we're making growth. Um, <laughs> and I think that's why we have hope for this year that now that we're both well, we're like, right, let's we can, do this. We can do this. <laughs> and what about some income goals for this upcoming year? Do you have you set any for yourself? Yeah. So this year we want to make 168,000. Um that would be our goal to be able to live mm-hmm. to support our family with both of us working full-time in this business. And that's also paying yourself. Is that correct? Yes. Right. Yeah. Paying yourself. So the business strategist in me is curious, do you plan ahead? So when people, because one of the things I hear all the time from clients and prospective clients and OTs with businesses is like, well, do I just pick a number out of the air (laughs) and say like, hey, I want to make this next year. And Often people do, which I think is actually very valid because you have to look at what you need to live. And I think my very extended drawn out question is, do you have a plan to get from 95 to 168? It's a great question. (laughs) Right now, not as solidly as we would want, Mm -hmm. for sure. Um, I am still working part-time as an OT. and. I have the more strategic brain. So until I have more mm. brain power to sit down and, sure. and on that, I feel like we're kind of in this limbo place of, I really want to work on it, but I don't have time. And then, but yeah. how are we going to move our business forward if I don't work on it? Um, so I feel like right now we're in that in-between where we're like, how are we going to get there? <laughs> yeah. I think because like now it's like, okay, in my mind, it's like, all right, we need to find clients and that's how we'll get to that goal. But there's... Like, but how many clients in that? Because I don't think like that. Like, how many clients do we need, and how much do they? How much do we need to make from those specific clients? Um, so it's like, yeah, we're just kind of like Brooke said, we're kind of in that phase where it's like, we need clients is the most important thing, but we need to think beyond that. I mean, I know I personally need to think beyond um, just the blanket statement. The we blanket. need clients. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. Well, I'm so grateful that you answered that so honestly, because so many people are in the same boat. And as we talked before we pressed record, one of the important values that you have in your company is uh, building community. And that's what this podcast does. So you are quite literally, by answering that question as you have, 
reflecting your own company values, right? By saying, hey, if you're listening to this and, you, and you're where we are too, you've literally created comfort and uh, in the community. So thank you for that answer. That's a little bit of a dotted line, but I think it's important. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so let's get to the hook and the meat of the matter, which is the best use of video. So as we talked about in the introduction, a lot of people feel like they should have video, but they don't know what to do. And so then they call you. And what does that initial conversation sound like? And what do you propose for people? Yeah. So initially when people contact us, we want to go through and talk about what your business goals are, because there's no point in just making a video just to have one. We really want it to align with your goals and where you're trying to go as a business. So there could be, there's a whole marketing process and a whole sales process. And video can be used in different parts of those processes, depending on where your business is. Um, So our first step is to just kind of ask some of those questions about what your goals are financially, or is it that you're trying to get more clients or are you trying to just maintain loyalty with clients or... So you mean you ask clients that question, but you haven't quite asked yourselves those questions? Oh, no. That's what I'm saying. It's much better to make <laughs> for myself than to make it for a client. Like, isn't Brooke, you need to interview else? yourself. It's so... It's hard true. to do it for yourself. I'm it's almost so. considering hiring someone to do it for me, even though I could do it. Like, because I just... And also, when you get in your own head, it's yep. just nice to have somebody else to talk it through with. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and then sometimes even people will tell us like, like they don't know how to say what it is that they do. And I'm like, just get them talking, get them talking. And I dig and dig and get questions. And then I can kind of rephrase it for them. And that is really helpful. Clients have told us like, wow, I was, I felt like I was stuck in the weeds with what I could say I do in my business. Um, And that's a big part of what we do is we're trying to um, solidify your brand message and then put it into video format and show it visually. And yeah. And and on the visual side, like, to make you feel comfortable in front of a camera because it's not it's not something natural for people to be in front of a camera it's like you're not you're not a trained actor you're not like you're not a professional person that's in front of the camera and so i think our perspective is that we want to help you feel natural in front of the camera so that in turn when people see the videos like they connect better than mm-hmm. just just the, yeah just this blank stare or like just um feeling uncomfortable they can because people can tell if you're uncomfortable on camera. How am I doing? You're doing great. Thank you. Well, actually, it's funny because as you were saying that, I'm like, gosh, I hate being on video too. And yet my mission is bigger than my well, not that much bigger than my self-critiquing inner voice, but you kind of have to get over yourself if you want you know, to hate your own mission. Yeah. I didn't realize they taught you that in film school, how to like make people comfortable on camera. Yeah, there's like this classes like um because there's like acting for camera which is acting the no camera is different than acting on, on a stage because in the mm. on the stage you're acting towards the last to the rafters, yeah. Yeah, whereas acting on camera like you're you're talking to one person, the one person that's watching in that moment. Well, so that's another great reason for bringing in an expert rather than simply turning on your iPhone. Although I do like the low barrier to entry for Mm -hmm. that 
video for people just kind of even that initial get over your darn self, right? And do something. So take me through kind of a typical client, if you would, and what their desires are and then what they, what you suggest and provide for them. Okay. I'm just going to think of a real client that we have right now. (laughs) Yeah. That's Um, the easiest way. So this business owner came to us and was like, I just need help. I'm overwhelmed. I'm overwhelmed with social media. I don't know what to do. We had made her a brand video for her homepage of her website last year. Um, And so she was like, but I feel like I need maybe more videos. I'm not sure. Um, So we sat down and we talked through... So we're doing like kind of full management with her. So we're going to be making... She runs a small, like a nature preschool. So we're going to be creating, we have like the homepage video that gives you an understanding of her philosophy, who she is. Um, But also we're going to add in a video that's a day in the life, because that's one of the big questions a parent would have is, well, what's it going to look like for my kid to go here? So that's the kind of thing we're thinking is we'll go through and audit the website and be like, okay, what questions do your clients have and how can we answer them really quickly and really holistically with video, because with video, you can actually see the spaces where the kids are going to be um, playing as opposed to you just saying it. Um, So we'll do that. We'll go through the website. Another thing that we're going to add to her website are testimonials from parents, video testimonials, um, which is hugely, hugely powerful. We know that written testimonies are powerful, but then to see a video of an actual parent talking about it just adds even more Um, And then we are also going to be managing her social media for her. So once a month, we will come out and we'll do photos and video. Um, I'll be planning the content for her. And what that means in our sense is just topics. And then she's going to be able to talk on it easy and we'll record. And then it's quick reels that she'll have. Um, So it's really not complicated what we're going to be doing for her social media. But she's like, just the fact that I'm going to have a schedule and I know content's going to be there and I do not have to stress about it mm-hmm. is like so relieving for her. No um, kidding. That's what we're doing. Yeah. Great. So, and what were this person's goals? To get more traffic? To get more leads? To get more clients? So her goals were to just, yeah, to be known. Um, mm. And I think just... She's had people are finding her, but she's not having as many people actually turn into a leader, actually mm-hmm. contact her. So that's mm-hmm. our hope is that having more video on the website will help people know what she does better, mm-hmm. uh, that they will then reach out. And same with keeping up with her social media is that mm-hmm. people following her will be more familiar with what she does because she's consistently posting mm-hmm. and showing up on video which to be able to see your future child's teacher mm-hmm. on your social media regularly builds a lot of trust. Mm-hmm. Well, and I um, I used that technique when I had my bricks and mortar, but admittedly, I didn't invest in video. I invested in photos. And then the video I took, although it was like 2017, so I was kind of proud of myself. Uh, we just created kind of and uploaded things on YouTube. Like, here's a tour of the clinic and here's what, you know, where the space would be. Because people were like, can we come and tour the place? I'm like, mm, not really. We're like full of little people. Um, but I can see how... Hey, Trish. Yes, Ashley? As an OT entrepreneur who's just starting to make money, I bet you've thought, oh my gosh, 
I just got my first few clients. What the heck do I do now? Don't worry. At Therabyte, we have you covered. We heard you and we created intake and consent templates just for you. So you've downloaded the template and now you can say, amazing, I know exactly how to get my client started. Oh, I wish I'd had this in the beginning. I pulled everything together and needed something this efficient. Okay, so where can listeners find these templates, Ashley? Super easy. The link will be in the show notes. You just hop over to our website, find templates, and you've got your download. Sounds great. You know, as as thrilled as I was to kind of be using my phone in YouTube way back when, as we scaled, I can see how that investment in like that quality, um, plus parent testimonials, we never got anything on video. That's genius. Yeah. And to be able to use that in your process, like say someone first reaches out to you and says, I'm interested, right away, you can send them the video of the tour. Exactly. Or, um, you've kind of got them hooked and then get them hooked deeper yeah. with the video. Um, Cause I, I think one thing that is kind of a pet peeve of mine is when I find it's especially healthcare businesses, when I go to their website and it's all stock photos and absolutely no videos. And I'm like, I have no, I like, I was trying to find a pediatric dentist recently. I got a referral from my pediatrician. So I got five dentists and I looked them all up and almost all of them were stock photos. And I'm like, I cannot tell what this is going to be like for my child. I need to know they will feel safe. I need to know what it's going to look like when we walk in, like that you're friendly people. That's really important to parents. So especially healthcare, I think where people Mm -hmm. feel a little hesitant and you entrust is just so important. Having real photos of your place and video builds so much trust. Well, and you're teaching people some of the basics of marketing, which is the opposite of how we were taught in school. Like, this is my resume. This is what I am skilled in. I've taken this course. I've taken this, you know, certification. And parents don't care, like, at all. I mean, again, we're talking peds and you were talking peds dentist. Parents literally don't care. Like, I actually had to tell them, like, would you like to know the evidence behind this intervention? And they're like, well, what? <laughs> or do you want to know like where this standardized assessment falls in terms of like, you know, Z scores or something? They were like, we don't even care what the bell graph says, the bell curve says. Um, but again, it's like thinking like your client, which is a massive shift, especially as a healthcare person. Do you find that with your clients? Like they're coming in and they're like, but look at my web page. I've got like, you know, every single certification and every single degree I have versus what a what a client an ideal client wants to see. Yeah. Cause I, I Brooks said, said she touched on this a little bit, but like the importance of showing it rather than mm. saying it, I think a lot, a lot of healthcare professionals, like, yeah, like you said, they have all these accolades and like they do all these things and on webs and like all websites, they it's written down in their copy and which is good mm-hmm. a lot of times for SEO and stuff like that. But from a parent's perspective or mm-hmm. a prospective clients, that doesn't like, I personally, as a parent, will get bored real fast and reading like two sentences, like, okay, I'm bored. <laughs> uh, and so I, I, so when a video is there and like intrigues me and like it draws me in. Um, mm-hmm. So I think it's just so important to show it rather than say it. Um, you can mm-hmm. show, you can, you can show so much um, in like a short, even like a 30 second clip compared to like someone having to read through that, even like, cause we have clients that write blogs, but then we turn those blogs into videos Mm -hmm. and they have more, the blogs have more an impact when they're in video form. Mm -hmm. Why don't you go on your social media rant? 
Okay. No, soapbox. Who wants to climb up on the social media soapbox and proselytize for a few minutes? Is it the youth pastor or is it the OT? I'm curious. Who's going to preach? Oh, interesting. I mean, it's both of us. But <laughs> we, both, like, we, well, both, we both hate it for... Not hate it, like dislike it. For dislike different. it greatly, as we say in my house. Yeah, yeah we yeah. dislike it for different reasons. For me, it's just like from the editing and video, like it's it's just a lot of work from the editing perspective. For a lot of times, you don't know if you're going to have a, a good ROI. Yeah, like, it, yeah, and like it almost feels like disposable. Like you post it, and then it gets lost in your feed, and so that can be frustrating. Yeah, I mean we. Like we've talked to a graphic designer about this. Like, is he like he makes these thumbnails for us um, for our clients? And he was spending a lot of time on that. I was like, and I told him, he's like, you don't have to spend a lot of time on this. Like, it's gonna get lost in the feed within within a day. Um, so like, as long as the overall aesthetic looks good, but don't worry about the nitty gritty details because this is my rant. You, we cannot spend so much time on social media as business owners. We have way better things to be doing. And I just feel like it sucks up too much of our mm-hmm. time. And we're too talented to be spending all of our time on social media. Um, but the pressure to be on it is so real. And when you're sitting in your office, kind of being like, oh, is anything happening today? Like, it be, at least for me, I'm just going to speak for myself. When I get a like or a comment, I'm like, okay, we're making progress. Like, Dopamine. my business is going somewhere. Yeah. Um, but it's all part of the social media game. And I don't feel like social media is, it can, it's a helpful marketing tool, but I don't feel like it's truly built to, um, for small businesses. It's not, it's not like they designed it to be for small businesses. Um, and yeah, I feel like what I mean by that is their biggest interest is keeping people on the app and making money for themselves. So of course, they're happy that businesses and people are on it. Um, but I just feel like it sucks too much time from the small business owner. Mm-hmm. And even from the, the other side, of, not the other side, but just another thing is you don't own any content mm-hmm. on social media. And at any point, the government can ban mm-hmm. TikTok, for example. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if you live in Montana. Or, yeah. or like, or it's like, or any of these platforms like they could just shut down they could just shut down they could block you or or like yeah they close your account from any number of reasons not even just like um controversial things they could just just shut everything down um so you just never know and so that's like of course why we preach like the importance of um other content on other places and especially on the websites because you own that domain you own that plate you own you own that storefront um that is your website yeah. I did. Um, I'm looking for it actually as we're talking. I'm scrolling, but it's not coming up. Um, I did a podcast recently uh, with an OT who <clears throat> I think lost like 82. Gosh, why can't I see it? I'm literally scrolling my own 82,000 um, uh, followers on IG. Wow. Like overnight. Wow. And it was like, Oh my gosh. So I, she posted that and then I was, I texted her right away. I was like, what can I do? And so we got her on the podcast to help grow her back up, but also to talk about what could she still grow her business without that following? And the answer was she could, because in her case, she had an email list. So let's begin to wrap up by 
and thank you for that uh, rant, by the way. I totally agree. And actually, my big my big beef with it is that um, it's too easy for business owners to think that they're doing something that moves the needle when it doesn't. Mm-hmm. And it's scarier to do the things that actually move the needle, like calling somebody, <laughs> right? Um, and in of all of my own clients that I've ever had, I've only met one who had a bang and following, like really like, you know, 10,000, 15,000 people that, well, no two actually come to think of it, um, that that was one of their primary ways of driving business. And then the hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of others, it was basically like a like no trust factor. And exactly what is that ROI, as Stephen says, what is that return on the investment? Um, And I personally know that, you know, working on your copy and finding out more about your ideal client and, um, you know, reaching out for partnerships and, you know, growing by word of mouth and getting testimonials and all of these things for marketing, like direct marketing is far scarier, but also moves the needle. So I feel like it keeps people like hiding and thinking that they're doing things. You and I are similar on that, Brooke. Okay. So why don't you tell us three things that you think a small business owner, and we'll talk to OTs here, should be doing for increasing their marketing that is not social media. I do want to preface that I don't think it's horrible to have a social media. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes, clearly. we're not vilifying um, social media. Exactly. Yeah. Um, I, I think it can play a, a helpful role, but like we've said, don't put all of your, yeah. everything into that bucket. <laughs> like even, even, yeah. your, even your marketing budget. Yeah. Like your money too. Like yeah. it's easy to put lots of time time into it. But yeah, also. All right. Well, but. let's think about the three things. Uh, <laughs> all right. Well, I really like to think of your website as your digital storefront or your digital mm-hmm. like front of your office. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, you know, in the front of your office, you'll probably have a front desk person that greets the people walking in and that friendly face there, or even imagine like walking into a small shop. If someone's there to say, oh, hi, how are you doing? Let me show you kind of what we have here. That goes a long way. And I think video is like that on your digital storefront on your website. It is what greets your your guests right away. So that would be my first video to consider is a brand message video that goes right on your homepage. And we honestly use... um, We kind of think through and use the same ideas that Donald Miller does of like... Mm -hmm. your um yeah what is your brand message and that's what we're going to be sharing in a minute on on that homepage right there we want to get to the heart of what you're doing and we want to show it visually as well and then you can embed longer videos in your website on other places but right away you want to greet people with your message mm-hmm. so i'd say my first thing to think about is your website and how it's greeting people um Number two. So the overall question is like marketing in general, would you say? You can answer it however you want. Okay. Um, I would also consider testimonials and getting video testimonials if you can. (laughs) Um, Sometimes this is harder without hiring someone because you would be doing it with your phone. Um, I think it's worth investing in getting a couple of nice video testimonials because they can be used on your website. You can... Um, put them in emails. You you can't quite put a video in an email, but you can put like a photo with a play button that you can click and it'll go right to the video. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And actually, studies do show that if you say something about having a video in your email headline, people are more likely to click Hmm. in the email. Um, And we have a client that did see an increase in his click rate once he started including videos. Like a dramatic increase. Yeah. Um, And yeah, so let's see, number three. The third thing to consider for your marketing, I think would be just where you're spending your time and what your overall goal is. So you might be doing different things if you're trying to get leads versus maybe you have enough clients at your practice and you want to make sure that they feel happy and taken care of. So maybe you're using videos to send them home exercises or... um yeah, just things that they can be doing at home or helpful education that's related to what kind of service you're providing. But you're using video in that sense to maintain their loyalty and to help them feel like you're serving them in other ways. Um, and that video honestly can be done professionally and you can also record it less professionally. I know people that use, um, I think it's Loom to record some of those home education or just mm-hmm. um, wrap up type conversations to their clients on video. So. We started doing that. Um, and because our big theme is customer success, it always was, but now it's like the big 2023 theme. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, I think that's a smart business no matter what. And B, I think it's smart business from a recession point of view or pending recession or whatever you want to call it, because rather than worrying about getting in all new traffic and all new customers, it's like, hey, Let's keep these people happy, as happy as they can stay with us for longer, and then they become, you know, your fans. Uh, so yes, we have leaned in heavily into uh, that's where most of my reading is right now, on um, the different ways through the customer journey as well on keeping those people happy and the different ways of being able to deliver things like an email, like snail mail, like video, um, like a gift, right? Like there's other ways that are just not a written form. And I really appreciate hearing that from you because you're you're touting that. We often, just like we often defer to social media, we often defer to like an email, right? Yeah. Yes. Wonderful. So many, yeah. So many ways to touch people at different places in their journey with you. Exactly. Exactly. Well, I usually end with rapid fire questions. Are you up for it? Sure. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> There's three. So these are like OTs get paid rapid fire money based fun questions. So the first question that I have is what is your biggest personal splurge? And you can answer this separately or as a family. Mm. Groceries? That, that's not even a splurge. I'm just like, that's, that's our biggest splurge. Is there a particular grocery that you splurge on? Like, Jerry, you like, we go for the brie cheese and I don't care how much um, it costs. We are suckers for kombucha or oh, okay. drinks. Uh, that's probably a weakness of ours. I mean, for like craft beer. Oh, okay. Beer so but like a craft also, drink. We like yeah. like treat ourselves with a kombucha yeah, from like, the grocery store, which yeah, is like so silly, yeah. but like it feels like a little treat. Mm-hmm. Really I feel like does. we're at the place in life with small children and trying to get our business up that we're like splurging. What's that? <laughs> yeah. Like, but you know I, what? Yeah. Kombucha is splurging. Yeah. What oh, were you going to say, Stephen? I would like to go to the movies like every single day, but yeah. I can't splurge. Good on. <laughs> but that is a good splurge. You know what? My daughter and I went um, in February. They had 
the 20 whatever anniversary of Titanic. Mm-hmm. And my daughter and I went to see it in the theater and we went to the beautiful theater, like the one that had, because again, we're in Canada, so we get everything like 10, 20 years behind you guys. Maybe every theater in Baltimore and Maryland is like the extravagant one. But this is the one where like you recline and the seat is basically leather. We brought like blankets and they like bring you food. Have you been to those theaters before? Oh, yeah. Those are yeah, cool. I, yeah. Have you been? Okay. I don't think... We haven't ordered food at one, but we, no, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. we have one in our city. So like, again, Canada is often very ahead in some things and very behind in others. And really nice movie theaters is one of them. And I am telling you, it was decadent. It was like the best splurge ever. Plus I got to spend time with my kid. Like it was just great. And we just like enjoyed every minute of it. And then she went to go to the theater a couple of weeks later with her friends. And she's like, mom. <laughs> do you know how much those tickets cost? I was like, yes, I do. And she's like, I can't afford to go to that movie theater. <laughs> like, That's why it's a splurge. But it really was like, so it actually kind of was like a double whammy because it did also teach my child that like, oh, there are really special things, right? Those little joy starters, I, I'm a movie buff myself and you being the film person. So, and um, I used to spend a ton of water on, uh, a ton of money on, bubbly water before I got a soda stream because that's like a little little treat in our world too okay um and you might this this answer this however you want the answer might be you don't but do you do you have any paid help in your life child care yeah. our goal would be to homeschool but right now we're not there so we yeah. definitely I consider that yeah yeah preschool yeah and- preschool how old are the children now how old are your kids? Five, five and three, and they'll be oh, yeah. four and six in the fall. Yeah, You're in the thick of it. Yeah, yeah. child care. That's a biggie. Okay, last question. I'm going to wave my magic money wand, and I can put seven figures ding, into your business bank account. Oh, God. It could be very different already. <laughs> what would you spend it on? I'm so curious. Go ahead, Steven. Seven figures. Wait, I have to do the math in my head. Well, just think- <laughs> it's, it's just a lot, a lot of, money. of money. It's a lot yeah. of money. Brooke and I say at the same time. <laughs> um, You're gonna say gear. It's gonna be. It's gonna be all cameras and lights. Is it? Oh my gosh! Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Okay. I would probably want to pay for an editor. I we could get a video editor. Yeah, I think that takes yeah, some of that off. That's the biggest. Yeah. Or the pipe dream to buy a plot of land with a so we could have a studio and start a four school for our kids to go to. You know what? I literally, most OTs that I ask this question to talk about buying land for their business. Really? It's like, yeah. I mean, we should actually capitalize on that. We should do something. Maybe we really buy a huge piece of land and then sell it off to all those OTs that want land. Um, Not that that's in my business plan at all, but yeah, that's, I love it. I think that's that's fabulous. We dream about it all the time. We drive. Yeah. On the way here to our our youngest daughter's daycare is a lot of open land, like a lot of mm. old horse farms. And so mm. there's lots, lots of like, oh, well, maybe one of those days, like mm-hmm. one of these old horse farms and we'll just, but yeah, they're like more than seven figures, a lot of them. Yep. Yeah. One day. I think OT started with like an arts background and exactly. I would have never considered myself creative, but I do Me think neither. it's... I mean, it is something that I really do value. And I think mm-hmm. having land and a connection to nature 
-hmm. inspires creativity. And so, Mm -hmm. yeah, that would be the dream to have land and a studio where people can be creative and our clients could come and we could like, they could work there if they needed co-working, like just a community creative space would be so cool. Yeah. And I feel like that's at the heart of an OT too. I agree. Community and creativity. Mm -hmm. What is it about creativity that's so vital to you outside of it being, you know, a core of what you do in business? Tell me how it, it brings you wellness. I just think it's so important to, well, this is so OT of me, but like to you to have purpose in in creating and and making meaning out of doing something. And oftentimes that's your hobbies. Um, but I just think we're all called to create in some way. And I don't think that you have to be an artist to be creative, mm-hmm. but we, we often think we have to be, or I didn't think I was creative for a long time. Um, but you can be creative in so many ways. Like even if you like making business strategies, that's so creative. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I think it gives us life to be creators. So. You partnered with the right person there, artist Stephen. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, oh, day yeah. one, I get you. <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of the lifeblood of what you do, Stephen, with your, you know, more visible art, your more visual art. And then Brooke giving this beautiful example of how it resonates for the occupational performance of a human. This has been a total delight. Thank you so much for agreeing to be on our podcast. If people want to find you, how can they do that? So the best way to find us is bewellcreative.com co.co um, or you can find us on Instagram at be well creative studio thank you so much you're thank welcome you. thanks Trish this has been OT's get paid recorded live in studio C that's studio closet I'm Trish Williams if you have feedback on today's episode send us a DM on IG at OT's get paid or join our Facebook group at OT's get paid We would really love to hear from you. We'd also love it if you could subscribe and write a review for the podcast. Each month, I'll pick a random review for a shout out to get your name and business on the air. Until next time.